So welcome to you, church, guys. This is week two of Fear Not. Last night, um, I was doing this on my phone, and a reel came up. So those who do follow me on Instagram, I shared a post of the W's. Who knows the W's? Wow, I really need to introduce you to the W's. It is something, it's, okay, so it's a band that no longer exists. And they're a swing band, Christian swing band, who thought they were all that. Which means I thought I was all that. Because I would lip sync and dance to these guys. By myself. Oh yeah, it was that good. So it's called the W's. I'm now really just want to, I just want to Google them up. I'll post it maybe after church and show you guys. But I posted it on my Instagram story and it, all these memories came back where I was like, I lip synced to the song called The Devil Is Bad in grade nine in my middle school, public middle school. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I was petrified like, petrified. Why would I even consider being the only one? It was a big, giant stage, and I went up there by myself. I had a top hat. I had suspenders. I looked lamer than lame, but I was the coolest. I thought I was so cool. And I begged my dad to come. I begged him, and he showed up. And I was like, I'm just going to sing to my dad. And all those, you know, I don't sing. So I lip synced to the, so to the song, and I got first place to the devil is bad, lip syncing, wearing suspenders in a public school. No. No. Hey, well, then I was like, I could choreograph that with our youth group, and we could, like, perform it. Oh, my mind went spiral. So, again, uh, yeah, we're talking about fear not, and my mind went to there last night where I was like, I had fear, then I had no fear after that. I got that little peeper certificate, and uh, people made fun of me, but I was like, I got my certificate. So, today, fear not. Week two. Last week, we talked about Mary, when the angel appeared to Mary, telling her to fear not that she is going to give birth to the Son of God. Today, we're going to hang out with Joseph. We're going on to like the next part of the story to, to continue on what's happening. So Fear Not is a series where we're looking at different versions of the Christmas story leading up to his birth where the angels appear saying, Fear Not. So last week, Mary had to overcome our fear of what God is asking us to do. Sometimes we go, yeah, Jesus, I'm all in. I'm all in. And then he says, oh, but do this. And you go, what? I don't think I heard him right. I'm just going to go this way instead, right? The fear of what God is asking us to do. And Mary, we all know, said yes. And so today I'm titling my message, Fear of What People May Think of Me. Oh. So this message today, it's, it's a good one. I hope. I pray it's a good one. It's on my heart. So the one that I speak is speaking to me, and I believe it's going to speak to you too. I believe God's got a word to share in this. And all week long, I had this on my heart. And every, everywhere I turned, I was like, oh, what do they think of me? Oh, what about this? Whoa, what about that? And I was like, oh my goodness, it is definitely in my mind. So today, we are going to overcome the fear of what people may think of me. Sound all right? Cool. Let's pray. God, you are an amazing God. And God, we thank you that you send your angels as the messengers to Mary and to Joseph. And God, thank you that you told them to fear not, that there is um, no fear in you. God, that you have overcome the world, that we are victorious in your name. 
So Jesus, today, we want to stand strong on your firm foundation and who you have called us to be, that we do not need to worry or be concerned about what others may think, but we want to be obsessed with what you think about us. So God, speak the word today. I pray that our ears and hearts be open to you. Pray that in your name. Amen. So here's a question for all of us. 100% participation required. How many here, hands up, would say that they care about what others think? Good. Keep your hands up. Okay. Now, those with your hands down, you may be concerned about what others may think about you right now. <laughs> so we're all involved in that, right? <laughs> Good job, guys. Hands down. Reality is, is that at one level or another, we are all concerned. Whether a 1% wonder, maybe, to the 100% petrified, in fear, I can't go on stage and lip sync to the devil is bad. Okay? And somewhere, you're within that area. Other things you are concerned about, we wonder what people may think. I wonder what they think about my car right now. Is it, is it good enough? Like this is, this is one thing out here. There's no junk cars out here. Zero. Come to British Columbia, there's junk cars everywhere. And we want to drive it, yeah, we want to drive it till it dies. And then we have stories about how it died. Like it's here, they're new cars. Or newish cars, like there's no issues to the cars. And if they have issues, you, you're not allowed to drive them. That's a story for another day about my Volkswagen that had a mind of its own and it would honk by itself. <laughs> well, I, okay. It would honk by itself when I was at a red light. And I would sit there at the red light with cars in front of me and it goes, I'm going, my hands are up. My hands are up, and I'm freaking out about everyone and what they're thinking about me. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And then when I'm driving, and on a clear, sunny day, my window wipers start doing this. <laughs> and I didn't touch anything. That was my awesome Volkswagen vehicle. That's the cars we're supposed to be driving. But here, how are our cars? Right out there, you're wondering, <laughs> I wonder what people think about my car. Do you like the clothes? Like, Brad's like, I don't know what I'm wearing today. I was like, go for it. Right? Do you like the clothes that we wear? How about my haircut? Man, they botched my haircut. Oh, I wonder what people are going to think. Do you like my Facebook or my Instagram post? I got zero likes. They must hate me. <laughs> they hate me. But if I change that one picture and it goes up, they love me. Oh, yeah. Right? All those fun things. We become so easily obsessed with what other people think about us, even to the point where we fear what others think about us. There's two parts. We think. We wonder what they think. And then we get worried. We get scared. We start having maybe anxiety. You know, you, you may get just like your heart beats faster when you see individuals. You're going, oh, I wonder, I wonder. Well, in today's message, we're going to watch Joseph battle. He's going to battle with the opinions of people when he has to decide between what is doing easy to what is doing right. He's got a battle between the two, between what people want him to do and between what God wants him to do. There are many times where it's more easy and even convenient to choose what man wants, right? 
They would be so pleased. There's no conflict. Everyone's just happy and cheery. If we just go this way, everyone's just, it's good. It's good. But is it really good in the long run? Because in the long run, we always, we, if we do what always is easy right now, in the long run, we may be missing out on what, what God has for us, his good and perfect plans for us. So here's some backstory of Joseph. I'm going to be looking at Matthew chapter 1 today. If you have your Bibles, we'll also have it on the screen. But Joseph is engaged to a young woman. Her name's Mary. We talked about her last week. And today, nowadays, if you were engaged and things went sour, all of a sudden you just woke up and said, I don't like them. The engagement can be often done with no problem. Maybe loss of money and some hurt relationship going on. But it's just done and dealt with. Back then, when you were engaged, it was a binding agreement. If you were to break off an engagement, you would need to either file for a divorce or one of you two would have had to die. That's crazy stuff. So if one of you died, say you got hit by a donkey and you died, the other person would either become a widow or a widower. That is the title that you would be given. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read in verse 18. So this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. So really looking at this verse, it's hard not to admit how awkward this conversation would be between Mary and Joseph. And we touched on it last week, and I keep saying, that's a hard topic to have it's really hard when, when all of a sudden the love of your life shows up goes, I'm pregnant, but it's not how you think. It's by the Holy Spirit. And for Joseph, his human perspective could have been, number one, she's crazy, absolutely nuts, or number two, she's a liar, and I want none of that. His human perspective of that. Joseph is going to have to be asking himself, if I stay with Mary, what's everybody going to say? What's people going to think of me? What are people going to think of her? What are people going to think of the son when he's born? Technically, Mary is now marked, right? She was considered that she has sinned to be pregnant outside of wedlock, and then it was punishable by death. And so for himself, Joseph would have a negative reputation around town. Everyone would be whispering at the coffee shop, so did you hear about this guy? Guess what he did? right? He would have a hard time getting jobs. He may even have a hard time finding a wife in the future because no father would ever say yes to their daughter to get married to him because of his reputation. So to be honest, we don't actually know what was going on in Joseph's mind, but we do know that he was planning on bailing out of this relationship, which we see in verse 19. It says, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Some commentaries read that divorcing her quietly, Joseph was actually being very noble in this. He was being very respectful in this, because I believe that Joseph actually loved her and cared for her. So Joseph is about to learn one of the most important life lessons for those who want to honor God, which we too can also learn from this. And it is pleasing God often means disappointing people. Right? 
if you want to obey God, there may be many times when people will understand why you're doing it, and they're not going to agree with you. So Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21, the story continues. So as Joseph considers this, an angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. When you wake up, sometimes you remember a dream, I'm going, maybe it's a God dream. I can imagine Joseph waking up in sweats, just going, oh my, God literally just spoke to me in a dream. And just confirmed what Mary has been telling me. Maybe, maybe she's not crazy. Maybe she's not a liar. And now I can just see him going, oh man, what does this mean? Because there's a big part to this. He's going, do I break off the engagement or do I trust in what the angel of the Lord just revealed to me? And this ties into last week's message with fearing in what God has planned for you, which we know are good plans, a plan to give a hope and a future. So now Joseph fears the future, but he also fears, what are people going to think about me? And just like Gabriel interrupted Mary with an invitation, Gabriel is now interrupting Joseph with the same invitation. Imagine for centuries and centuries, it has been prophesied that a Messiah would come And we see this in Isaiah, uh, this one in, in chapter 7, verse 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Manuel. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And the angel of the Lord has told Joseph that he gets to be part of the greatest story ever in history. And he's freaking out what people may think about him. Joseph's emotions swing one way. What are people going to say about me? What's my reputation going to be? What are my future plans? What's my business going to be like? What is, going, what is this going to cost me? How hard is this going to be now and for years to come? But then on the other hand, he goes, I get to be part of prophecies fulfilled. I was chosen by God himself. Everything I have been waiting for is coming. It's being revealed. It's being unwrapped right in front of me. And God himself has chosen me to be part of the great story. But everyone else wants me to run away from Mary. She has sinned. She should be killed. But on the other hand... God is showing me the truth. And should I do what people want or should I do what God wants? Back and forth, back and forth. And I can promise you, if you know Jesus, as you sit here, you hear this, there's going to be different points in your life where you will have opportunities given to you to obey God. Many opportunities. Things that seem just kind of minor, things that seem huge. And these opportunities are going to be presented to you to choose. I can also let you know that doing what is easy is just that, easy. But obeying God, you are doing what's right, which in return, he pours out his blessings. 
And I just want to say about this giving tree, church, you have sponsored five families and 17 students. Last year was 10 students and three families. We may be smaller in numbers this year, but God is pouring out his blessings for the obedience of people going, I hear you, God, what would you have me give? And I pray that blessing to continue to come to you. And I thank God that Jesus did not come and just do the easy. Imagine that. Imagine if he was at the garden and he said, you know what? I can't do it. And walk away. But he was obedient to his father in heaven. And out of that, blessings have been poured and poured for generations. Right? Over and over again, we read in the Bible that God blesses and rewards, which I want to look at briefly. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 18, And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, and all because you have obeyed me. And Luke eleven twenty-eight. But Jesus replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Practice. James 1, 22 to verse 25. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Looking at scripture, we can ask the question, what, what does this mean? Why does it matter so much? So number one, becoming obsessed with what people think about us is the quickest way to forget about what God thinks about you. Becoming obsessed with what people think. What do, they, what do I look like to people? I wonder what they think about me. I just said this. I wonder if that, like, I wonder what they thought what I just said. All of that, being obsessed with what people think about us is the quickest way, church, the quickest way to forget about what God thinks about you. But in Romans 12, 3, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern is the, discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So how do we overcome the fear of what others may think about us? We flip that coin. Number two, becoming obsessed with what God thinks about you is the quickest way to forget what people think about you. Putting your focus on the one that matters and he takes care of the rest. And yes, he thinks about you. You are on the maker's mind. Genesis 1:26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. He created you. Just like Kimberly was saying, the breath in our lungs. God breathed the breath into our lungs. In 1 Peter 2, 9, for you are a chosen people. You're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. 1 John 4, 9, I'm saying this just to get it into our hearts. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son 
into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. That's real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. He loved us first. He is love. For us to experience love is because he loved us first. If he didn't, if he didn't think of us, then why did he create us? Why would he want to save us? Why, why do we celebrate Christmas? Why would he be born? God deserves our obsession. We need to be obsessed over him. Living for an audience of one saying, God, I want to obey you. I want to follow you with all my heart. And when I say follow you and I want to be obsessed about you, this is not a negative thing. Because in our world, we can be obsessed about everything. We can be obsessed about how we look. We can be obsessed about video games. We can be obsessed about social media. We can be obsessed about politics and what the news says. There is obsessions that we are obsessed about without even knowing. So for us to say, you know what? I'm choosing to be obsessed about God. The one who loves me. The savior of the world. That is a good thing. That is a good thing. Living for an audience of one saying, God, I want you. I want to follow you with all my heart. That is the quickest and perhaps the only way to grow past living for, living for the approval of others. So the bottom line is, is when you think about it, you will never be able to please everyone. Right? If your hair got cut off, I told Brad this morning I'm shaving my head. He's like, what? I was like, <laughs> just, just going for the, impre- the expression from you. That's all, that's all I needed for fun. He shakes his head, right? If I shaved my head, people go, wow, Kate, looks great. Others go, whoa, girl, you pulled a Britney Spears. You all good, right? If you listen to country, which is this side, <laughs> but all those who love rap are over here, they're, <laughs> right? Country don't like rap, rap don't like country. I'm like, hey, what about the hula hip song, guys? Yeah, to be there. If you believe for this political party, some say great, others are gonna fight you. If you stand in the middle, no one's gonna like you. You can't please everyone. So why try? If you please God, God's going to bring like-minded people. And you're going to do life together. And you're going to reach people for Jesus because God says love people and love God. So this isn't about, oh, I'm giving up everything and I don't care about you think Brad, I don't care what you think Corbin, I'm on my own. That's not what I'm preaching. It's not what I'm preaching. But it is impossible to please everyone. We are not called to please people. Church, love people. Love people. Forgive people. Love people. Not please people. Care for people. Yes. Mark 12, verse 30, it says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. The second equally is important Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. That's what we live by. That's what we live by. 
So by obeying God's word, which that is God's word, we are obeying God, which means you can please God and you can live a life where God looks at you and says, you did good. You did awesome. You heard me. You listened. You did it. Now look at the goodness. It's awesome. Good job. Right? You're going to hear, good job, faithful servant. You ran well. You sprinted to the very end. You didn't give up. And when you tripped that couple times, you caught up, caught your breath, and off you go. You did it. You ran the race. You brought glory to my name. You were blessed. Mary and Joseph were not the first and not the last ones that would be criticized and publicly disgraced. They would not be the first or the last ones to face untrue rumors and gossip. Gossip can be defined as information about the behavior or personal life of other people, often without the full truth revealed or known. God's word warns us to stay away from people who gossip and to guard our words when we speak about others. Scripture also uses the word slander, which means making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. So in the days of Mary and Joseph, the story spreads that, oh, did you see that donkey outside of Mary's house at 2 a.m. in the morning? Guess whose donkey that was? We all know Bible study was done. <laughs> and then the chatter continues that Mary's pregnant, but Joseph didn't do it. It was God. Well, that's a crazy story. And the rumor spread and the gossip spreads. What will people think about me? And people, when they think those thoughts and speak those words, they do hurt. They do hurt. And hurts and lies would flow from those rumors. And the enemy wants all the glory. The enemy wants to put fear into our hearts. He wants to put anxiety into our lives where we, it's safer to go the easy route. It's easier just to not do it. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. The fear of what others may think. Or would Joseph be more obsessed of what God thinks? We need to obey God, and God will take care of the outcome. For us, we cannot be a church that gets caught up in what other people may think, because it will cause harm to our future. Those, these words, church, hit me like our... I was going to say a rock, but a rock you could dodge, like a truck. And I was a deer. <laughs> and I'm still living. <laughs> but it hit where I'm going, it's true. Because if Joseph was concerned, if Mary was concerned, they could have said no. They could have gone the easy road, but they didn't. And I thank God that they didn't. So church, we are a church that's obsessed but what God thinks. We are that church. That is us. And there may be a time in our lives where God tells us you to, or tells you to do something that is culturally unpopular. 
whether in the world, province, county. That is unpopular. You will be criticized. You will lose friends. But at the end of the day, God will bless. At the end of the day, God will bless. You may be here and you know that you need to break free from what people think about you. Maybe there has been words spoken over you. Negative, negative words. I'm not talking about all the good stuff. Negative words. Where it has put the wonder or the fear of what people may think into you because of what someone said. We can be free from that today in the name of Jesus. We don't need to walk in that fear. We do not need to walk in that negativity. You may be here and the Holy Spirit is nudging you to be aware. Maybe people trust you so well that they speak to you all the time. Now there's a limit to that where it's going, God, I'm going to give this to you. I hear and I give this to you. And I'm going to pray your will to be done. Sometimes we're told things for pastoral care where we're going, that's an emergency, and we're stepping out. And we're going to care for those individuals. But when it's the donkey situation at 2 o'clock in the morning in front of Mary's house, that's where we say, no. No. Because we're obsessed about what God thinks. That's where we put our work into Today's topic is something, like I said, God has been working in my life. And I can say we've been here for three years, almost. Two and a half. Are you sure it's not three? I just, I keep saying three and it keeps going backwards. I'm like, I think it's, as far as three. One day it'll be three. When Pastor Ken asked us to move here, I remember journaling. Because Ken said, you got to pray about this. It can't be anyone else's decision. And we got, we seeked out counsel across Canada to many different friends in, in, in different ministries and leadership that we have and our families. But I remember one morning I journaled and I like to journal and I asked God, will people like me? You want to know what he said? No. <laughs> Not everyone will. And I said, God, can you sugarcoat it next time? Because <laughs> that was blunt. See, God wasn't asking us to move here to be liked. I'm speaking to myself. He didn't ask us to move here to fit in. I'm trying the slang, guys. I'm trying the words you guys got out here. <laughs> like supper and dinner, still confusing. He was asking us to move here and see if we would be obedient. And for him to take care of the outcome. So I believe that's for all of us. That God is asking us to do things. 
and you're going to gain amazing friends. And you're going to gain amazing blessings from God the Father when you say yes. But you will also lose. I actually don't feel like that's the right word. Because you're not losing anything. You're gaining. Yeah. There's a pruning that takes place for the good fruit to happen. Right? And when that pruning happens, good happens. And I believe, and that word's been spoken here already this year, and it's still happening. But I smell the blooms, they're coming. And it's good. It's good. So church, last week God interrupted Mary's plans with an invitation. This week God is interrupting Joseph with an invitation. And the question is still the same today. Where is God interrupting you with his invitation for something bigger and something greater? And that could be you saying, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. And I'm saying to you, yes, I choose you today as yes. It may be something where you're going, Jesus, I need you to break off all that negativity that has been spoken over me, all the lies and the rumors and the backstabbing and the gossip and the 2 a.m. donkey chat. That's gone in the name of Jesus. But where is God interrupting you? Because if you say yes to his interruption, that is where the story continues with him leading the way and God getting the glory. Extraordinary acts of God often start with ordinary acts of obedience. The Savior of the world was born when two teenage kids said yes. Teenagers, the ones who have not experienced life yet, said yes to the invitation given to them. Simple obedience, extraordinary, right? Church, can we stand together? This is called crazy faith. What seems impossible, God makes possible. The whole series of fear not ties into crazy faith. I believe everything that we're going to speak upon always brings a challenge, which means you need crazy faith out of obedience to God. You cannot have faith in God if you are obsessed with what people think about you, if you are petrified and have fear of what people may think about you. And in the little verse, we see Joseph's decision, Matthew 1:24. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Simple obedience led to what we're experiencing today. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him. The greatest act of God in human history was brought to fulfillment because he said yes. So what is our responsibility? To be obedient. Outcome is God's responsibility. 
extraordinary acts of God often starts with ordinary acts of obedience. Brad, are you good with a guitar? Or so today, church, what I would like to do, we did it last week, we're going to ask God, where is the invitation? That we may see it as an interruption right now, but it's actually an invitation from God. And if you didn't get anything last week, then ask again this week. And if you got something last week from God going, thank you, God, either how do I do this or what, where else, what else is there? And today, I also want to pray for us, for individuals. And even after, I could pray for you too. But as a whole church, I want to pray that we are not scared. Because the angel of the Lord says, fear not, for I have overcome the world. And so the fear that we may have feelings are, are stuck in, I want to pray for those walls to come down today. It's a good day because we have been building on a firm foundation and sometimes a demolition needs to take place as we experience downstairs. So today we're going to experience a little bit more demolition in our lives where there's this fear. Is that all right? So let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for the boldness of Mary and Joseph, two teenage kids that just said yes through all the worries, through all the fears. Lord, where you appeared and you said, fear not. And today, Lord, you were alive. <laughs> you, you were victorious. And so today, Jesus, we want to walk in that victoriousness that you have for us, that you've laid out for us, that your plans are good, that your plans are full of hope, that your plans are full of a future. And God, thank you for the obedience of people, Jesus, when they, when they sacrifice out of their worship a giving to the dream forward. God, that is us saying we believe for your good and, and hopeful future of 2024. I stand here today going, Jesus, you are a good God because 2024 is going to rock. It's going to rock. And we do not need to fear the future. We do not need to fear of what people may put in front of us. But God, we want to be completely obsessed with who you are with what you say, with what your word says. God, we want to have a personal relationship where we're going, God, I hear your voice. God, I feel your presence. God, where the lie of the enemy where he says, that church there, they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, you haven't been here, you haven't experienced him. I'm just saying, God, you are here, you are alive, and God, you are welcome to do whatever you want to do in this place. your God. And so today, Jesus, I pray a prayer that you break every wall, every lie, every comment, every social media post, every block. Every text email conversation to the face 
where we just stood and said, okay. But God, I ask that you break that in the name of Jesus because we are born in you. We know who our identity belongs to. We are, we are, we are chosen by the living God. So God, I pray that you break down those walls. You break down those walls. You bring healing, Jesus. Those walls that were never meant to be built, to be brought down and destroyed. Where any more comments or, or fear of wondering what people might think, God, that there is no room for any more walls to be built because we are on a firm foundation on your word. And Jesus, you say, fear not. Let our eyes be solely focused on you and what you say. God, that you get all the glory. It's not about us, it's about you. So God, we look at the story of Mary and Joseph where they say, it's not about us. I'm giving up my life. I'm giving up my career. I'm giving up my reputation. I'm giving up what, what my parents may think, what my, my neighbors may think, what my friends may think, what my employers may think, what my employees may think even. And I say, it's about you, Jesus. It's all about you, and it's always been about you. Help us get our, our focus strictly on you. So today, Jesus, we receive your healing touch of where there has been hurt and pain and lies, which was meant to destroy. We say, nowhere, enemy, do you have a foothold in my life? Because I am made whole in the name of Jesus. And we receive the healing touch from your Holy Spirit today, Lord, that you start to mend you speak the truth. And if you're here today with all eyes closed and you're going, today's the day. Today's the day where I'm saying, you know what? I want to do life with the King of Kings. I want to do life with the Lord of Lords. I want to do life with the God of creation who chose me. The God of creation who loved me first. And if that is you today, I want to give you an opportunity, an invitation, not an interruption, an invitation where Jesus says, it is time for you and me to do life together. And if that's you today, can you raise your hand in strong boldness where you're going, I am here, my hand's up, my, I'm here today, Jesus. And I choose you. I see your hands, I see your hands, I see your hands. My strong boldness in you today. And this is what we're going to say. Repeat after me, church. Dear Jesus, thank you that you have chosen me. And today, Lord, I walk with you. I choose you. Heal me from the inside out. And today forward, I live in wholeness with you, King Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. God's on a move, church. He's on a move where he says, follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Walk the hard and blessed life. The life where you'll be flourished and victorious.
Don't walk the easy life. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Be blessed. It was good. Thanks, God. Thanks, Brad, for in a jacket. It's a good, good, it's good. So church, what we're going to do, if you want prayer, Brad and I are here, we're ready to pray for you. But if you just want prayer from the one sitting next to you, be released to pray for each other. Coffee's still on. Jesus is risen. He is alive.